1: Lucky Lefty Podcast, as you see, here, Enora boys are in the building, left is on the road. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, EnoraWhiskey.com, that's premium American whiskey, EnoraWhiskey.com, and if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. Always on CFB Nation, that is presented by Twisted Tea. If you're stressed about buying tickets or
2: doing some last minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or, and a row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: The Lucky Lefty Podcast available YouTube channel, Smash. But, boom, we appreciate it. Get the audio edibles every day, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Over to Misguided Passion, right here on CFB Nation. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We send it different. Left, we'll get to some things, and then we have Howard Griffith joining us for the second half of the show. Number one, Left. Tennessee State, Notre Dame. What might Tennessee State present that might be more challenging than Navy was able to present to Notre Dame? Uh, they're going to play in space. They're going to
3: play in space. They're going to try to get their skilled players matched up with our skilled players on defense, especially our linebackers. They they're more traditional offense than what Navy is, obviously. We're not gonna see a lot of triple option from TSU. But the good thing is, is that it's another opportunity for our defense in its second year under Al Golden to look more mature. To look more comfortable to look like they can add some things based off of last year and what was given and those guys in those same positions can grow and also be able to make some bigger plays. So I'm expecting TSU to come out and challenge our linebackers challenge our secondary more. Uh, I think the front seven last week did a good job for the most part of, of handling the run, but uh, this week is going to be a, a, a more of a team effort on defense. Uh, offensively, I think it's just another opportunity to put 40 plus points on the board because we need to show that on a consistent basis against all levels, not just the teams that we're supposed to win against, but the teams that you know might some might consider will be close, right? We want to be able to consistently put 50 on the board, whether it's Sam Houston State or whether it against Tulane. So I think offensively, the, the goal doesn't change. Defensively, you're gonna, you you wanna see the guys be more alive in the traditional offense. The things that we talked about last season, which were deficiencies like tackling open space, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, not getting the running back have 500 yards, that's the backup. Once we accomplish those against a team that is gonna give us more of a traditional look, I think we can feel better. Uh, well, we already felt good after the Navy game, but we'll feel even better you know, coming off of a game that is more like what we'll see the rest of the season.
1: All right. As always, we give you Malik's three keys to victory, brought to you by Norah Whiskey. Left, go ahead and give us the three keys to a dub against Eddie George and his Tennessee State title.
3: Oh man, the three keys, number one is starting fast. I thought we did a really good job last year. You said you gotta start the start the game with seven points if we get on offense and we did just that and we continued to let it roll afterwards. So starting fast doesn't change this week. A lot of it is too because We don't wanna be the team to start slow against a team that isn't supposed to compete with us. So we wanna be able to make college football know that, yeah, TSU, they're doing better and all that, but this is still Notre Dame, they're running into a, 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 what do they call it, a chainsaw. And they're gonna have a hard time being able to deal with that when we're putting points on the board early and often. So starting fast is the first one. The second one, I want to see some turnovers on defense. This is a team, uh, TSU, that's going to give us opportunities because they know what game and who they're playing against, so they're going to try to take shots and take uh, some stabs down the field, but for our secondary and our and our linebackers, it's another chance to get over three turnovers on a team that's going to give us opportunities for it. This is not a team that's going to be stingy and try to hold the ball all game. I feel like they're going to try to go out swinging, and so Ben Morrison's got to come Come alive, Xavier uh, Watts. Got to come alive. Um, uh, Our secondary, DJ Brown, uh, has to have a better a better day, Uh, and I think he'll have a lot more action. This week, so turnovers, I want to see us have three plus turnovers this week. I think that's a huge key to the game to getting the team out early, get them out of whack early. By the fourth quarter, we put our young, fresh, uh, fresh young legs in and they can get some experience heading into week four that we all want to be healthy and, and have the depth for. So that's the second key. Have three turnovers and get them out the game early so we can work our younger guys in towards the end like last week. And then our final key to the game is just finishing strong. We want to see all cylinders, especially the special teams. The kicking unit. Matter of fact, let's just say the third key is the kicking unit. I don't want to see no more missed field goals. I saw the NFL kicker Dan Carlson. What did he kick a a, a, a a 68 and it could have went five, ten yards longer. Right down the middle. That's the type of impressive... Stuff we need to be showing, and I think even more so, Marcus Freeman, knowing that we should win this game, should purposefully put his special team kicking unit out there to get some points if we need it. Hopefully, it's it's all PATs, but if we got to get some range, let's try some range because we got to make up for
1: missing all them kicks in Ireland. (laughs) Left it's crazy. We had Blake Root last year. He struggled a little bit. I went to his pro day. He put on an absolute show. And I remember coming back the next day like Blake Root is going to be on the NFL team. That's right. And he wins the job with the New Orleans Saints. And he wins the job with the Saints. <laughs> and I'm like, where well, was this consistency last year? That's right. So maybe it's something about being the kicker for Notre Dame. Maybe it is. See, not not uh, for uh, Justin You though. Chicago no, kid. Not for Justin Youn. You. You are Not for correct. Justin
3: Youn. He know how to knock him down. Cause it, it went from Kyle Brenza, who was okay, he was okay. Kyle was solid.
1: He was Kyle solid. Brenza was solid.
3: But when Yoon came in, he he gave us what I thought we would have: kicking you for a minute. Yes, yes. But and then it had a huge drop off. It's like we stopped yeah. recruiting altogether. <laughs> so kicking is my third for sure, because it was such a glaring, glaring, uh, a glaring weakness in the link right there. It was just too too obvious. And it better be right by the time we get to game four because we might have some close ones where if we don't punch it in, we got to leave with three. Man. <laughs> I don't want to be upset at at home, us shanking right and left on these field goals against Ohio State when we need them because Marcus Freeman, he'll, he'll give you the face. You'll miss an overview field, be like, he. I mean, he he gonna show the expression on a missed kick, and I think we all give the same expression to Marky Freeman. We looking around like, I know we just didn't miss that easy kick. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we at.
1: Lucky Lefty podcast. So, those are the three keys brought to you by Left. Left, tell the fans the most ridiculous question you asked me when you when you popped on before we started today. You saw me pop on the screen, and, and what did I you say? I said, ask? is
3: that an LSU jersey?
1: <laughs> and I said, how disrespectful. <laughs> he was like, it's the colors. I was like, I don't care.
3: Yeah.
1: This could be a uh, Michael Floyd, Creighton Durham jersey from Minnesota. These are their colors, too. Yeah. Yeah. L- okay. You? Never, hey, I no. I mean- know. You're right. No, this is uh <laughs> this is an Amar Rashad Vikings jersey, dude. So, Come cool. on, man. LSU, man. I was like, you got a little Kelly left in the tank. Come, come on, bro. That's disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. Lucky Lefty podcast. So, give me the what's a couple of things you're looking for. Let me play this clip for you. I actually played it on yesterday's show, and I thought it was very um, telling. I'm, I'm starting to like Jared Parker more and more, love. And Jared okay. Parker, he was talking about the young wide receivers, the O-line, and everybody progressing. And uh, this is what he said about getting better. We just, you know, I hate to say, I. Right, we, we just want those guys as every position just to continue
2: to expect more from themselves and grow. Um, it was not a heavy conflict game, if you will, to line of scrimmage, so there's going to be weeks that we're going to get heavy conflict to line of scrimmage, and those are the ones where we're going to have our guys prepared because those days are coming, and we're just putting ourselves in a position where we want our guys to compete every rep to win whatever it is in the block and, and pass. Minutes.
1: I love that. He said heavy conflict is coming. Oh, it's coming. So, so sure. when you look at you look at the early part of the schedule, they have the right mindset of being efficient and playing the right way and doing the right thing. I watched college football last night, and it was just sloppy. Oh, oh, Florida looks trash.
3: Florida looks trash. I was like, oh. what team is this?
1: Bro, we're going to have Howard Griffith on. And I sat up there and laughed at Nebraska and Minnesota.
3: Oh, 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 Nebraska. Just oh. like this,
1: this is like the worst football. This is hard. It's like
3: they didn't practice or nothing.
1: At all. <laughs> I at knew all. it was bad. I knew it was bad
3: for Nebraska when their tight end got arrested from stealing tobacco products from the smoke shop. Eric Gilbert. This crazy fool. I don't know if he didn't know that they got cameras in Nebraska. But he walks past the front of it suspiciously. And within minutes, same shirt. Now he wrapped up like he ices in the back. Right. You the biggest, strongest black dude in Nebraska. And you addicted to vaping that hard? Yeah, I knew it was all bad when they got foolishness like that at Nebraska's program. So I'm not surprised that they look sloppy on the field. But it just shows you some of these coaches now. Your boy, boy
1: Jess Sims was looking. <laughs> hey. As an Illinois fan, I was sitting there watching both of those teams like, Oh man, yep, we can mark W's right here. <laughs> the W that week, yeah, you're it's, already on the schedule marketing, Yes, It's a W that week, like, absolutely. I mean, every game, even in North Carolina State, watching North Carolina State oh. when we play next against Connecticut, it's like they don't look ready,
3: they don't look ready.
1: Like, all right, yeah, it, you have to be impressed. It was against Nate. So do that. Like we said, Brady Quinn overreacted to the one game against Navy. Did he? Like, did like, Brady Quinn about <laughs> like, relax. But the one thing I will say, and this goes back, if you remember what Jared Parker said the first day of practice, he said, I had a team that knew how to line up, they knew the playbook, they ran the plays, we had no mistakes, and we had no procedural penalties the first really day of, the first day of screen practice that's really lucky when you're in unless you unless you know and as a new oc that man that gives you Huge a lot weight of off of your airing. shoulders you spend the first spring and yes. first two
3: weeks of fall camp yeah sure you can line up right and guys know the plays so yes you don't even get into the meat and potatoes of your offense until the week before the game yeah Because you spend so much time, especially as a new office coordinator, so much time trying to make sure guys know what the formations are. And and the coach obviously thinks it's easy, but the players, it just takes a lot of reps, a lot of a lot of practice. So Jared Parker stepped into a situation because he knows that this team isn't necessarily new. Yeah but this team can be rebranded with the same characters that I know that I've been. I bought and making my notes through the season on what we should come back to. If I had a chance to do.
1: Yeah.
3: He's just going through all his notes and being like, well, I know I got this. I know I got this. I can add this something that you're not going to find with new offensive coordinators going to news programs. Think about a guy like, uh, Defense coordinator at Ohio State, Jim Knowles. He had left the uh, Oklahoma State's defense, seniors, all those guys playing at tip-top shape. I mean, you know, he, he raised those kids, essentially. <clears throat> and they were doing all type of things on defense. They were leading the country. They had great players that were seniors and young guys, and the defense looked unstoppable. A year later goes to a whole new program, a program that's bona fide, not just some some, uh, slapstick program, but a program that's bona fide, an elite program, a program that was better than his own. Yeah. And you just see how hard it is to even get the best guys on the same page your first year as an OC or a DC So even Jim Knowles is experiencing that. Yeah, I mean, I I put a lot of work in at Oklahoma State. That's why we end up looking that great towards the end. And repeating that process is is something that takes time. So uh, for Jared Parker, he cuts all that out because he was essentially there going through the growing pains, but just in the back row. So now he's out here like I'm laying out what I really wanted to do the whole time. And it just so happens we get an experienced guy under center that can manage all the chaos and put ease in the guys' hearts that are out there that may be younger, like the freshmen. How easy is it for Jaden Greyhouse to run out there with a fifth year quarterback? Where well, he, like, hell, even if I don't know, I can look over and Sam just calm, cool, and collected. Tell me what I got. You no, know, I'm going to probably get the ball. He's not going to shy away from me. He's not sticking on one guy, right? So it works. It, it can work for a young guy to step in when you have a guy like Sam Hartman under center. So to be able to do all of that and put it together in the year and the one year that he's been able to do it, it's just a, it's a perfect time and everything coming together just like how Joe Brady and Joe Burrow
4: yeah. came to that yeah. second year. And yeah.
3: everything just looked easy. All the offensive plays, they were like, oh man, they cook it. Cook it. I think we'll find a lot of the similar success with Sam Hartman and
5: Keep it twisted.
1: I was shocked that Deion Cozy admitted in the press conference. Matter of fact, let me play it for you, Lev. When I heard Deion Cozy say this, I said, oh, wow. I mean, it's to be expected, but I was shocked to hear him say it. Yeah, definitely this year, um, there's no route that's dead. Um, that's one thing we stress in
2: every single meeting is everybody runs their route to win. Um, you never know who's going to get the ball. It may be designed to go to one person, but... Um, you know, everybody has the possibility of getting
1: the ball with Sam. He said, why receivers are running routes differently this year? Because we Sam might Hartman's the quarterback, get we might actually get the ball. Sam Hartman might actually read the field. Like, yeah we're, yeah, we're running with more attention this year because we all feel like we might get the ball. That's, that's crazy. That's the perfect feeling. That's crazy. But, I mean, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, you, the can't old blame Lakers.
3: you can't blame the kid for not, Braden Lindsey, for not getting off the line every time when he's looking over and we getting sacked, we throwing it to the check down, we ain't seeing him wide open. you like, man, I'm just out here getting cardio. I'm not about to have no attention to detail on these routes. And then the time we do get it, we overthrow him, underthrow him, missing. Now, I mean, you look at that, even the spring game, you got Salerno catching touchdowns in the back of the end zone. You got Deion Cozley making catches on the sideline. You, I mean, it's a variety show. Just like how undisputed it is. I mean, you got Skip having Michael Irvin on one day, Keyshawn Johnson, Richard Sherman. Then he pulling Sam Acho and Emmanuel Acho. I mean, what is this? FS1 is first take now? So, I know Stephen A. Fillaway about that. Ain't recruited the Avengers to get over at Undisputed. And that's no different. <laughs> that's a variety show. I'm so, mad, even bro. if you don't like one dude, you're going to have Michael Irvin on Friday, Richard Sherman on the day, Rachel Nichols will pop up on there, Emmanuel Acho come out of nowhere. You would think that ESPN then made a whole trade pick for Shannon Shark. Right. One trade- they done traded but, eight players on ESPN for just Shannon
1: Sharp, so it's like the Herschel for- Walker. It's like the Herschel Walker trade, let like Dallas yeah. State, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, but
3: but on a, on a positive note for Sam, he gonna give you a little bit of everybody, and and yeah. the guys know it, and when the guys know it, the offense gets better naturally. How do they not? a guy that wasn't the the third option on the route on a passing concept is actually uh, running to win Man, Sam might escape the pocket and find me cause Sam's eyes is downfield something we haven't been accustomed to in quite some time but that's our own fault for not developing our, our in house talent that's our own fault but this is great because this is where we take advantage make sure those younger guys take notes because it will be a sort of a rebuilding process because Deion Cozy is going to feel this way next year about yeah. Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr, even if they're great.
4: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.